Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. In this week's episode, Katie and I talk about ways that we can create an appetite or a desire for things that are good. How great is it when you find yourself desiring maybe a food that's actually good for your body as opposed to something that's damaging to your health or detrimental to your well-being? And we thought that we can do that in numerous areas of our life, not just with food. And even though we want to be able to have discipline and have the type of faith that makes us act in a way that's contrary to how we feel at times, it's also really nice, like I already said, to have an appetite and to have a desire to do the right thing and to read the right thing and to pray the right thing and to eat the right thing. And so today we're going to talk about how we can cultivate that and more importantly, how we can create that in our home. So we're really talking about this in the context of our family and creating appetite in our children. So I hope you enjoy. Hey, I'm Elisha Votberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in families that were fun, impactful, and relationship-rich. Now that we're a family of our own with three young children under the age of three, we're eager to see what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go. Elisha was super daddy tonight, and he took Leon and Lucy and Lewis all upstairs and gave them baths. And I sat downstairs and ate ice cream and half fell asleep. <laughs> I wow. I thought you guys needed to know that. <laughs> I'm just sorry you only half fell asleep because it would have been awesome if you fully fell asleep. I think I'm the other half asleep right now. But <laughs> <laughs> the good news is, is that Every time we start podcasting, we get the mics out, like my energy level really goes up. So Mine too. I'm excited. Yes. This podcast brings me a lot of joy and just like you said, a lot of energy. It does. This closet is such a happy place. The kiddos are asleep and we just want to thank you guys too because you completely kind of have blown us out of the water, honestly, with how engaged you have been listening to our voices on Tuesdays. <laughs> Yeah, I think what Katie's saying is that we're really surprised and grateful and blown away with how much our podcast has grown, especially over the last month. And Yes, it's like quadrupled in one month. Yes, which has been so fun to see. Uh, it, I don't think it, I realized how fun that would be because Katie and I always, have always enjoyed doing the podcast for whoever was listening, whether that was a large number or a small number. But to see the numbers increase each week by such large amounts has been really encouraging. Yeah, like we're talking like thousands and thousands more people have listened this month. And so if that's you, if you're new here, we just want to thank you guys so much. And if you're, you know, part of the old old gang of 2019, um, <laughs> thank you guys so much for sharing because really it's your shares and your recommendations and your words when you guys write a rating and or a review, and I'm still getting those mixed up a year later. And really, I guess having faith in what we're doing and encouraging us and saying, hey, other people should listen to us, 
that's like a really big deal, I guess, for you guys to put your stamp of approval or endorsement on what we're what we're sharing. So, I mean, we're going to try to do our best to deserve it. But yeah. <laughs> we're just really, really thankful. And we want you guys to know that. And I think a lot of encouragement comes, at least I feel encouraged when I feel like we're not alone in this pursuit of wanting to raise up a family that honors and serves the Lord. Yes. Uh, that we're not alone in trying to pursue a God honoring marriage, mm-hmm. a fun marriage. And uh, that's really encouraging. Whether we know you in person or, or, or we'll never meet you in person, it's really nice to know that uh, despite what we see in culture or don't see in culture sometimes there are others out there that want to honor the Lord with their marriage and with their with their families and with their children and that's really encouraging for me to know that because that's really Katie and I's desire is that is that we continue to pursue that and most of you know we are far from having any any I guess uh, achievement in that area we're just growing a little bit every day yes and uh, and we're bringing you along for the journey and so we're really grateful that yeah. we have you yeah it's encouraging to hear your stories when you reach out and tell your experiences or the stuff that you've learned along your life journey and you feel like you can share that with us that means so much like we love the conversation going both ways yes and we love hearing from you because yeah, like Elisha said, we're here in our closet, but we just feel so connected to so many families who are seeking the same things. That's right. And those things are really rare. Yes, I agree. But but all of us are seeking them together. So I, I just think it's really, really cool. And I hope that one day we can connect everybody on here because I just think that'd be so awesome. But yeah, that would be cool. Who knows? Yeah. And so today we're talking about really, uh, you know, some things that are along the lines of being that family that wants to serve and honor the Lord. And, you know, Second Peter tells us that we're a peculiar people. And he says, you're a peculiar people, a royal priesthood, uh, a holy nation set forth to proclaim the glory of him who has called you out of uh, darkness and into his marvelous light. And that Second Peter, I should probably know the whole reference. I wasn't really planning on sharing. Yeah, somewhere in the middle. Yeah, somewhere <laughs> in the middle of Second Peter. But Second I, Peter 2. I love being reminded that we are peculiar right there at the uh, at the beginning of that of that passage uh because oftentimes we get subtly distracted by culture and we think that we can just really blend in and that we can kind of go through life being quote unquote normal in this culture uh but i feel like the lord's gracious and merciful to bring us back to this realization that hey wait a second <laughs> i don't care how how normal culture might seem to you you need to be you need to be different from the world and from culture and Katie and i have really been contemplating that as of late and we've decided that we really want to be more intentional about having a home and having a culture within our own home that is contrary to satan's culture or to the world's culture or to secular culture and I think sometimes, first, I want to give this reference because um, it's actually First Peter 2, 9. Oh, thank but, you. you know, you got the two in there. Yes. Second Peter, don't confuse that. It's, yes. It's the so. second chapter of Peter, First Peter. Um, but I love that when you were talking to me about this today, Elisha, you used the word appetite mm. because I think culture is something that we've talked about. It seems so like broad and big and like, what even is culture? How do you create culture? Mm. Uh, I think of it even with like your job at the brokerage, you know, you're trying to put your finger on how to create and move and and grow this culture. And appetite is something that just seems so practical. I think we like get appetite. Yes. It's like when you want something like me eating ice cream downstairs. (laughs) (laughs) Funny timing, huh? Tonight, I know, poor timing. Uh, We we had leftovers from Leanne's birthday. But it's like appetites are just really easy, I feel like, to understand. And when we 
are giving our children certain appetites or when we're conscious about what our appetites are, it kind of is an indicator of what the overall culture is of our home. Yeah, it's like a foretelling yeah. of, of what the culture is going to be, or maybe it's just telling you what it already is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so Katie and I have kind of talked about different categories in which we want to create appetite in our home. And the reason that I like the word appetite, Katie just shared some things she likes about it, is because you we you don't have to be you know we talk about goals but this is different than a goal it's more of like a, a direction and we even talked about i think in episode 53 we mm-hmm. talked about our dream boards and we made dream boards this year and for 2020 instead of making goals for 2020 because dream boards really kind of keep Katie, Katie and I going in a in a direction like mm-hmm. a, a more of the d- direction that we want rather than shooting for very specific targets now along the way we'll have goals right, to keep, keep us on in line with that big picture vision. And I feel like our appetite is something that can really keep us in line for that overall culture that we want in our home. I picture appetite a little bit as like fuel for your car. Like, you know, if you're going in a direction and goals are like the, the gas stations along the way or the like the stop signs, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're the, they're the break points along the way. Like your appetites are what's driving you. Yes. One way or another. Yes. Really. Yeah, one... uh, with, however, you're contr- you can control the appetites. Right. But it'd be ideal basically to have a positive appetite yes. driving you towards positive things than a negative appetite driving you towards negative things. And it stinks to be in the driver's seat just like hitting the brake on all the appetites. That's right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I feel like that's sometimes where we find ourselves. We're like, say no to the bad appetites. So we're just yes. sitting there and we aren't going anywhere positive. We're just like... right going backwards down the hill. Yeah, one definition of appetite is a strong desire or liking of something. And I'm so grateful for some of the appetites that my parents created in our home. And I go back to even seeing my mommy on a regular basis get up in the morning, have her quiet time where she made herself a cup of coffee. She went to her favorite corner in the house and she read the Bible and she journaled. And that was special to her. So as a child, I grew up thinking and having this desire to have quiet time because my mom loved it. And so seeing my mom love this thing instilled in me this desire or an appetite, so to speak, to have alone time with God, to get into his word and have that time. In another way, my dad created a desire and an appetite for us to all do activities together as a family. It was so fun. And and again, this is something that wouldn't naturally, I think, just occur in our home. But he brought all of us children together and had us participate at different levels in in activities, in sports, or just in being physically active and fit and doing exercises. And that from a young age, I had this appetite to be physically active. And I'm really grateful for that because even when I didn't understand the big picture or know why I wanted to do these things, I had an appetite for it. And I think that's a blessing that I want to pass on to my children and have within our home. Yeah. And later on, we're going to talk about kind of how Elisha and I envision passing on some of these appetites to our children really practically. But this is kind of reminding me of that book I read, Deep Nutrition. Mm. And it was talking about the genetics of nutrition and how maybe... Elisha and I are healthy because our parents were healthy. So mm. they gave us good genetics. Mm-hmm. But if Elisha and I are squandering those, Elisha's looking at me. This is going, this is going somewhere. Oh, I know it is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But if Elisha and I squander those genetics, we can produce children. 
<laughs> okay. Yeah, we can have offspring, basically, that do not have the same genetics that we were gifted with. Hmm. And I think of that with appetites, because I think both of our sets of parents were really intentional about the appetites that they gave us. Hmm. And if we just go like, oh, yeah, like, we don't, like, I don't feel like I have, I have, a, like, a very low sugar threshold. Hmm. But if I, because my parents like didn't give me a lot of sugar growing up and they cultivated these positive appetites, minus the, you know, ice cream eating <laughs> before the <laughs> podcast. But like, if I, I see this in myself, I take that for granted almost. And, you know, Leon has gum. Like I had half a piece of gum on a birthday. Yes. Once a year. Once a year. Well, yeah, yeah there were 11 kids. So oh, so 11 times on anybody's a year. birthday. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. But Leon he had like three pieces of gum today and wow. I let him have them. Yep. And I'm just like, I can squander what I've been given if I'm like, I can basically not pass on the appetites that I have. Right. Right. It's yeah. not just like, Oh, well I have good genetics. I, my kids love good genetics. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Cause appetites can change yes. and I think they can go, they can degrade to in a negative way or they can improve, you know, and they can improve in, in a positive way. And but what's crazy is that I think just as human beings, as fallen human beings, we're born into this world. And if we simply listen to our bodily appetites, they will lead us astray. Mm -hmm. And that is proven time and time again when you just look at the history of man and when they pursue only what their body desires, it leads them into sin and therefore destruction, separation mm -hmm. from God, and even physical, uh, re really bad physical states. Ramifications. Yeah, yeah, ramifications. And so therefore, we've got to address and acknowledge that our children are not brought into this world with perfect appetites. They're mm -hmm. not. They're imperfect. They're very fallen. As fallen human beings, we've got imperfect appetites. And so I think as parents, as part of our job as shepherding our children and training them mm -hmm. to create in them an appetite that's not only healthy from a physical standpoint, but also builds them up spiritually and mentally and emotionally and so that they are able to have healthy relationships and they don't just do what they desire or say what they feel, but they're able to recreate in themselves a desire to do the right thing and to say the right thing. And I think the cool thing with an appetite that is well-formed is that a positive appetite might be harder to create, but once you create it, it's still a craving. You're still driven by a desire. Mm. So it's not trying to stop a desire. It's actually driving you towards something positive. That's right. And yes. so I think that is really cool. Like you can, like, I think especially when I go like a long time for working out, mm. no part of me wants to work out. Right. And I like want to have all these negative habits because I just like don't care. Yeah. But once I start working out again, it becomes like a craving. Yes. And I consistently want to do that. Right now I'm there with getting up in the morning. Like I was exhausted and I got up this morning because I was so stoked yeah, to get up early. You're craving it. I have this craving ever since the beginning of the new year. And sometimes I can't even act on that craving because I'm too tired and I know like, you know, I, I still have to mother and yes. live my life. But I just think that's so cool, I guess. Yes. Like you can be on the end of like a positive driving appetite. That's right. And again, this is not going to save our children's souls. You know, only Christ can save their souls and the perfect yes. work that he's done on the cross is what saves anybody. It's what saves us believers. Getting up at 5 a.m. will not save your soul. That's right. <laughs> Amen, sister. Uh, 
But that said, is that it will produce, I think, an appetite to continue searching for the truth. Because I even look at myself, I wasn't saved because I saw, you know, an exhibition of my parents serving the Lord, but I did. It was sparked in me a curiosity to seek out truth and to pursue what was right and what was wrong. And I, you know, the Lord had to work in my heart in his own way that was different than how he worked in my parents' heart. And and same with you, Katie. But when I think about what I want my family's appetite to be, and, you know, you can say that's synonymous with, with culture, what I want our family culture to be, I want our family to have an appetite for scripture. That's, I put that down first, because you know, I also put down prayer or an appetite for worship. But the reason I want my children to have an appetite for scripture is because God's word is such a solid rock to me. And I know that emotionally I'll be tossed to and fro. And even in my prayer life or in my uh, my ability to what I feel like to clear-headedly worship God, my emotion can really affect those things. But God's word, I love that it's so steadfast. And I'll be so emotionally distraught over what I think or what I feel or what I might believe. And then I go to God's word and it's just, it can be pragmatic and powerful, you know, and I love it when I do have an emotional connection to God's word. But even if I don't, I still know it's true and I can go to it and say, wow, this is where I can plant my flag. I can, I can go there and know that regardless of how disoriented I feel in life right now, this is still true. And then from that, I'm able to pray. I can even just pray his scripture. I can go to the Psalms and regurgitate those prayers in my own, you know, from coming from my perspective instead Mm -hmm. of maybe David's perspective. They're coming from my place. And then from that, I can worship God through his Psalms. I can sing those Psalms to God as a way to honor him and to praise him and to worship him. And so I want my children, and and this is something that's such a blessing to me. Seriously, it it sounds so small and, and silly, but I get emotional when Leon sees me reading the Bible every, you know, hopefully every morning, it's more mornings than not. Mm-hmm. And he goes, oh, Leon's got to go get, go get his Bible. And he goes and finds his little Bible and he comes and sits next to me. Because I see that here at a young age, at three years old, he's got an appetite to open the Bible and to read. Mm-hmm. And that really blesses me. It is. It's so sweet to see. It blesses me too. Because he is seeing, even though he can't even read the words and he doesn't even know what it is, it's like peer pressure or like when you see someone who you respect do something, that's you right. naturally crave it and yep. you want that in your life. And I think that's why we as adults have to be so careful who we are watching and yes. idolizing. You know, that's like a a bad word, I feel like. We don't want to idolize anyone, but who are praising. Yes. And, and, um, because naturally we start to have an appetite for... yes. We start thinking that what they think is cool is cool. Yeah. And, and this is something that I think Katie and I, once again, are constantly reminded of. There's people that we look up to in business. There's people that I look up to uh, in, regarding their sport, their ability to perform in sports. Uh, and then inevitably, you'll watch a movie or you'll think a character so cool or you might think that actor so cool. And you catch yourself because you're thinking, man, they are not the person I want to esteem or look up to and certainly never idolize. Mm-hmm. And yet, if you're not conscientious of that, you, you might, your heart can go in the wrong direction. But then your children also will see that you think that this person's so cool. And, and Elisha and I are, are speaking at this from experience. Like, we aren't saying like, oh, you guys might Yeah, this have is what this happens problem. in our home. <laughs> it's like, this is at least what happens in our home yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's right. That's right. 
Yeah. So like I said, I want to create an appetite for scripture in our family. I also want an appetite for prayer. And the reason I say this is because I think this is something that's really hard as a child to wrap your mind around. And I don't expect my children to wrap their mind around this, but I want them to have the habit. I don't think I, I mean, I know for a fact, I don't realize the power of prayer now. You know, I love that. Um, I don't know if it was, I forget some old theologian said prayer is not preparation for the battle. Prayer is the battle. And mm-hmm. I, I think of that, that quote often and um, I, I need to find, well, find who quoted that. you mentioned it on a couple of these podcasts. So is that I, right? I think you've said the right person. <laughs> oh, man, I want to give credit where credit's due. Um, anyways, I my children aren't going to be able to understand, just like I don't understand now, the full power of prayer and how you're engaging in spiritual warfare when you're praying. But they can have a habit of prayer and they can have a desire to pray every night before they go to bed. And that's something that I grew up with. My dad prayed with me every night. And even when I grew up and I was a young adult and I moved out of the house, I prayed every night to myself because that's just what I did. And it might have served me as kind of an emotional comfort at first, but that's still a good activity to be in as an emotional comfort. It is. Like last night, I was pretty emotionally distraught over just some darkness of the world. And when you prayed over it, it just was like, oh, wow, like why didn't I think to do that Hmm. sooner? Like it just... The tension released and you just felt, I felt like the darkness go away Yes, and it just focused my eyes on like, what was eternal? Like gave me more of an eternal perspective. And it's like, you know what? Like the Lord wins in the end. That's right. That's right. He wins. He wins the war. That's right. I love that Philippians four says with prayer and supplication, make your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guide and keep you. Mm -hmm. And that's a promise that he says that right there. He just says, that's a matter of fact. When you make your prayers made known to God, he gives you the peace of God that passes all understanding. And and I think I miss out on that a lot because I don't turn to prayer as much as I would like to. But like I said, I want my children to have, whether or not they understand what's taking place from a spiritual standpoint, I want them to desire to pray. And again, you see this at a young age, we pray before meals and Leon will start to argue, oh, can Leon pray? Leon wants to pray. And I love that yeah. he just thinks it's cool, you know, and I'm not yeah. saying that this is going to save him or it's, he, it makes him a, you know, a great, you know, mm-hmm. spiritual warrior, but he just, as a little boy, thinks it's cool to pray. And mm-hmm. there's many things that he could think are cool that are not good, but this is a good thing to think that's cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like as he gets older, it might, the, the cool might not be the best word to describe it, but we really don't care what his motivator is right now. Yeah. It's just sweet because... Like we were talking about cultivating those appetites. Once you know something exists and once you've been a part of something, there's like a seed planted there. And so sometimes if we are the ones who are maybe facilitating our children doing those things or almost pushing them into it sometimes. I know I was pushed into certain things by my parents. It's like you're able to get to the other side Hmm. and you're able to see, oh, wow, like I this benefited my life. And so then as you get older, you're able to remember that benefit Mm -hmm. and put in the work that it takes to get there. Yes. Where if you don't even know it exists, it's not really worth the effort sometimes. Hmm. Like I think of that again with like doing hard things Hmm. or, you know, like, well, I'm thinking of like an appetite for adventure or taking risks. Yes. My dad's a big risk taker and he really encouraged us 
from an early age like okay jump off the cliff into the water or try the front flip or like, like sometimes there would be times when people are like you're pushing your kids too hard you know like they they're too scared or whatever but it's like when I was able to see on the other side of that like oh my word like I feel so confident I feel like capable mm-hmm. now like there are so many times in life where I'm like just take the risk Katie like mm. you know on the other side you're gonna feel good yes but I don't think I ever would have done that if my parents had it help facilitate that initial work. Right, right. I think you're so right. Yeah, another appetite I want to create in our home is an appetite for worship. And once again, this is something I don't fully understand this, uh, th- what takes place spiritually when we enter into praise and worship, but I know it's good. And I know we're commanded to do it. And I know that we're not fighting a physical battle, battle we're fighting a spiritual battle. And so I want to fight that battle in a spiritual way. And I think worshiping God and praising his name and making much of him and magnifying him in song is such a powerful thing to exemplify to your children. And once again, I feel like my parents did this for us. Uh, We would sit around the living room every evening or sometimes in the morning and we would sing songs. And I didn't grasp the profundity of the words or I didn't realize the theological depth of some of these hymns. But I did it out of habit. And when I grew older, I had this appetite to sing. And when I moved away from home, I missed it. And I, and I wanted it. And I would find myself singing by myself in the evening. And I certainly knew that when I had a family of my own, I wanted to sing in our living room. Mm-hmm. And this didn't come from just having this deep understanding of the power of it. It came from an appetite. And I think that God can use that in a big way and he can use it to instill into my children some truth uh, and, and that appetite to hopefully honor and, and praise him. So that's something that I want to pass on to my children as an appetite for worship. Yeah. And I think of that verse Psalm 104 that says we can enter his gates with Thanksgiving yes. and his courts with praise. Mm. So, I mean, obviously it's talking about thankfulness here, but like praise yep. and I feel like praise and worship often go together as yes. we like sing of the Lord's goodness. Yes. And what's so cool is like what Elisha said at the very beginning. And that is appetites can either be like totally squelched or they can be like implemented oh, yeah. at any point in time like we're kind of talking about some of the appetites that we feel our parents gave us that we're seeing now like we need to be intentional in giving these to our children our children don't just have these innate appetites they were actually created in us Mm -hmm. and we need to help create these in our kids but we can create some appetites in our children too that we weren't given yes we can create them in ourselves appetites can start at any generation at any stage at any stage in the game like kids can be older and i just think that it's so encouraging to have that hope yes that you can have a new appetite I mean, we could have new appetites, you know, 20 years from now. Yes. And that gives me great hope because I know for a fact there are numerous appetites in my life right now that I am not proud of and I'm not happy about. And again, we keep talking about spiritual things, uh, which because that's a big deal. You know, the spiritual realm is that's our life that we're living. It's a spiritual life. But obviously, appetite is usually associated with a physical with like a, a physical desire for food and I want, there's the appetites that I have for food that are so not good. There's appetites that I have for media that are so not good. There's appetites that I would even say I have for some music that I don't think I want to have 
in the future or I don't mm-hmm. really want now. So therefore I don't want it in the future either. Um, and so I, that gives me great hope, Katie. And I'm glad you brought that up. We as grown as, as adults mm-hmm. have the ability to, to restructure our appetites and to create new appetites and to also kill bad appetites. And I'm a really practical person. So I think I'm like drawing in practical things, but what's so cool is with we are children of God. Mm. And if you're a blood-bought child of God, we have the Holy Spirit's power mm. in us. And that means maybe appetites that are addiction mm-hmm. or things like sexual appetites. Or maybe there is like a food appetite that's become a sin issue mm. or whatever those things are. You know, those sins that easily beset us. Those appetites can completely leave with the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. It doesn't need our willpower and our mustering up the energy and the courage and that's right and a game plan and a game plan and there's like two sides of the spectrum here, yes. I guess. And yes. I don't want it to get confused that certain appetites that we have that might be sin appetites in our bodies we have to like come up with a seven step program for. Right. The yes. Lord can free us from any appetite that is tearing us down amen and i would say that he's freed us already from sin and from sinful appetite not even from sinful appetites but from sinful addictions and we're able to walk in that Mm -hmm. by faith to claim that victory that he won on the cross and putting putting to death sin he he said that he put to death sin and so we can claim that and, and walk in that as his children so i think that that is extremely exciting katie you're right well some other practical uh appetites that I want for my family is an appetite for physical activity. I want my children to just want to be physically active. And this doesn't always come naturally. You know, Mm -hmm. if you have a handful of children, you'll notice that some of them are more bent towards being active while some are more bent towards being sedative and just hanging out and not wanting to get out and about. But I think my parents did such a good job of regardless of what our natural inclination was as a child, we just all participated. We all got out there. And I look at all my siblings now and we are all active to various degrees, but we're all active as adults. And I think that's a really cool thing to instill in your children. And like we're saying earlier too, like a lot of positive appetites can take some more work up front. Yes. And... But like maybe a child, I think of, okay, I'm going to say my sister Caroline here. Hi, Caroline, if you're listening to this. She did not like playing soccer with us as a family. Hmm. She just like was not into it at all. She wasn't into working out like us older girls were. And that's hard for some people to believe because my dad kept uh, saying, no, you're going to come play with the family. You're going to, Johnson's are participators. You're just going to participate. You don't have to love it. And she developed a real love for sports Mm. and now she works out. She's super athletic. She'll play anything. But I think if my parents had just kind of sat back and were like, Oh, you know what? Like that's just not her type. Then she would have never actually seen the benefit and see how much she loved it. Yes. Yeah. That's so good. Something else that I want to create in my family is, is an appetite for, you know, and I, I, again, I want to clarify folks because Katie brought up, you know, we're not talking about this black and white, you're in sin or you're out of sin. These are things that are subtle. And I think that's what I want to distinguish between, you know, walking in purity versus walking in darkness or, you know, walking in light versus walking in darkness. 
only Christ can make us walk in freedom and in walk in the light. He is the light, and he's brought us into the light. That said, we're all aware of these very practical appetites that we have that will be positive or that will be negative over time. And when I look back in my life, again, these appetites didn't save me or keep me from getting saved, but they formed habits in me that even once I was saved, I was grateful that I had. And just like on a negative standpoint, if you've got negative habits or negative appetites, you bring them into your life, a new life in Christ, you still realize those appetites are with you and you've got to find a way to combat them. I like to think of how we're talking about this is like the book of Proverbs, you know, in the Bible. It's like it's a bunch of good things to do. Like yes. this will make your life better. Yes. If you do these things, people will like you. Yes. If you do these things, you're probably shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. Like it's just very practical principles. It says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And if you do certain principles in your life, your life will go easier and it will be better. And ultimately, we want to gift our kids a spiritual foundation. Yes. That is the ultimate thing that we want to give our children. But there are certain principles that we also want to instill in their lives that are just going to make their lives easier and better. That's right. And so that's kind of, that's what we're talking about here. Yes. And I think we've brought in some bigger issues, so it might start to get a little muddled. Yes. But we're talking about just like, you know. Practical things. Practical things. Yes. I don't want my kids to eat a whole pack of Skittles every night, you know, or even eat a whole pack of Skittles on their honeymoon. I want Elisha them to eat. What? Peter. What? Yeah. If you guys are new, that was our first fight. Yeah, it was over Skittles. It was uh, over Skittles on our honeymoon, and Elisha ate the whole pack. I still haven't recovered. <laughs> a few other things that I would love to have an appetite it, that my children at least view in a positive light and have them have, have an appetite for um, our marriage. I want them to see marriage as being a good thing and have something that they, they desire at a young age. And, and likewise with children and family, I want them to view that as a good thing and to have an appetite for having their own. And so these are things that Katie and I are continually I guess, working on in our own hearts. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, we want our appetites to direct us into areas that are honoring to God. That Mm -hmm. said, we're not victims to our current appetite. We don't just, you know, lay over and roll over to what our body tells us we want or what we think we need or what the world tells us we want. We want to be conforming our appetites, just like where we want to be renewed by the, uh, transformation of our mind. We can, we don't want to be conformed to this world, but we want to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We want our appetites to be more and more conformed to what God would have for us. And I think that at a very young age, we can start instilling that in our children and it, and it creates a family culture that is different from a secular culture. And it does set them apart in a very practical way because as children of God, we are a peculiar people and I want our lives to reflect that. Yeah. And I think this really hit home for us this last week. Again, I think Elisha and I, for whatever reason, have gotten like a little more caught up in current events than we have in the past. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's maybe because we're on social media more or yeah. the people we're living next to talk more about it mm-hmm. or what it is. Um, but when you become aware of more darkness in the world, it's kind of like twofold because one, it makes you really bummed out. I mm. think that was like my first reaction to some things that are happening um, globally currently but then on the other side it's really cool to feel so like I want to separate myself from this I think as Christians in America we're really able to ride a line and have 
everyone kind of like speak well of you if you want you know you can kind of have like one yes we're christians but we're kind of like you know the other people are cool with us too and like and we can be kind of cool with us yeah and we're successful in the world's eyes and we're successful as christians you know honoring the lord we can kind of like you said straddle that line and maybe like just not that it's bad we want to be peacemakers and to not offend people where there's no need to offend people we want to love everyone but it's been really cool when sin is so dark it makes it there's be such a clear line between oh we don't want any part of what the devil is doing yes we want to stand in the light we want to raise our family in the light yes and the Bible says it's in some verse. You guys Google it. Okay, This is what I do with my references, which is why I don't know any of them. But it says, woe unto you if all men speak well of you. Yep. And I think Elisha and I were just really challenged. Like, what are we watching? What are we talking about? What are we giving our kids? Like, we just want to stand in the light. Yes. And we want to just have there be that really clear distinction that we are children of God. That's right. And. If someone loves that, that's great. If someone doesn't, that's fine. Yes. But we just wanted to be really clear. Amen. Did that have anything to do with what we were talking about? I'm really glad you said it because that's really what started this whole conversation okay. about. I know it started our conversation, yeah. but I'm not sure if, if we like, told everyone I think in. it was so good, Katie. Whether it was relevant or not, I think it was so true because mm-hmm. I've never been so uh, convinced that we are to be different. You know, we are to have different standards and we are to even probably from the outside look different and we are to love more and we're to, you know, have more compassion on people and to be more generous, but we're also to have a hatred for sin that the world will not have. And I'm just committed to, to honoring the Lord in that way and to walking in the way that he's called us to. I think, I think kind of how this this conversation between Elisha and I kind of spawned this talk of appetites is we just don't want our kids. We talked about some real practical things here, but we don't want our kids ultimately to have an appetite for culture or we don't want them to have have a desensitization of certain appetites in their life. Yes. We want them to be really alert to what is evil and what is good and be able to call sin, sin and righteousness, righteousness and not be confused on where those lines are. Yes. So so in this podcast, we lumped in a lot of just more practical stuff. Yes, that's right. Um, that's not, you know, not life or death, not this extreme. But that's kind of where this was stemming from because I just really want them to crave and have an appetite for righteousness. Amen. Me too. And we're going like a little long here, but I just wanted to throw in some things maybe practically as a parent that you can do to like, encourage appetites in your kids or positive appetites because i feel like both our parents did that to us somehow and some of these things are unnatural yes like they aren't the path of least resistance nope. and naturally i know for me as a human i like to just fall down whatever <laughs> path is easiest <laughs> sure. to fall down so i think a couple of those things are like creating energy behind it like elisha mentioned with the bible when the parent does it the child thinks it's cool mm. for a while yep for a really long time. I still think things my parents do are cool. Yeah. And so it's almost like there's this peer, this like synergy. Yes. So I think when you make it look awesome as a parent and you make it look like a good thing, then your kids think it's awesome. I even think on a very base level with appetite, 
Elisha and I were eating green beans tonight. We didn't say anything about them to like Lucy being good or bad. And she just like mowed through a ton of green beans and thought they were like the best treat in the world. Yeah. You know, so it's like, I don't know, that whole leading by example thing and, and your attitude really matters. And then I think peers, like whoever your kids are around, that's what kind of appetites they'll start to develop. Mm-hmm. We talked about this, but Elisha and I both came from big families. And I think that our parents were really able to kind of like create the peer pressure. Yes. Because when they showed something being like normal or awesome or a healthy appetite and some of the siblings caught on, you know, like the good kids in the family, (laughs) they kind of like helped turn the tide for all the other kids. And like we were also homeschooled. So we were all around each other a lot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then our parents were really specific about who they brought into the family to help in, or brought into the family, meaning like who we hung out with. Yes, that's right. Exactly. Hanging out with like-minded people and then uh, making it look appealing. And like I've mentioned throughout this whole podcast, but taking, showing your kids the other side of having that positive appetite, like taking them on a run and having them feel the good endorphins mm-hmm. afterwards. Mm-hmm. And then they have that. Yes. Like you planted that seed and maybe they're like the most sedative. Is that how you say it? Sedative. 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 Or, yeah. Couch potato. I can say that. (laughs) I was like, couch potato child. But like in the back of their mind, they know that if they apply some effort, they can get it. And it feels good. And a result. That's right. Anyways. Okay. Those are just a few things that I feel like our parents did for us. I like those. Practically trying to give to our kids yes we'll see how it works we'll keep you guys posted in 20 years yes folks thank you so much we're gonna leave you with those final thoughts and uh, we're so grateful to you like we said at the beginning we love hearing from you so if you're able to reach out to us via instagram or um really that's kind of the best place probably huh instagram's best i'd say if, if you reach out to katie on now that i'm a mother we love that um otherwise we'll talk to you next week bye bye bye